Here we are, the halfway mark of the 2022-2023 NFL season. And to be honest, there is a case to be made that we're none the wiser over who's good, who's bad, who's going to make playoffs, who's going to win the championship. It is still up in the air. And for those out there that are thinking, wow, doesn't that make for a confusing time? Yes, it can. But Smithy, as I introduce you, I think it makes for some incredible talking points. How are you, my friend, halfway through the year? Uh, I'm confused. I am annoyed at some things, but overall it's been bloody entertaining. And that's that's all you can ask for, my friend, is an entertaining product. And the NFL is definitely putting bums on seats at the moment. Yeah, I would argue that I've gone, Tate and I might have gone career best. And I'm, I'm stunned you're here given some of the things that we're going to have to talk about in our first segment. But uh, you are here. We're happy for it. So are the people. Let's get into it. Let's keep ourselves accountable. We'll start with the tips. Uh, the Teed went 11 for 13, and he's out to 85. And given how we're going to talk about the locks in a minute, it's extraordinary the stranglehold he's got on the game. So he's getting 10s, 11s consistently, Smid, but he's still struggling to pick locks. I can't understand it. Yeah, it seems like the minority of picks he gets wrong, uh, one of them he's locked. So <laughs> overall, his form's been pretty good, but um, I think he turned it around this weekend. Mm, sure did. I went 11 for 13 as well and got a couple on you. So I'm happy with that. I'm only one behind the big fella now who went 9 for 13, which on a regular week, mate, would still be a pretty decent result. You'd take that. Oh, I was going to say... If you said to me before the weekend started, you'll get 9 of 13, I would have taken it in heartbeat. But it looks second rate compared to you two, which is not only a credit to the both of you, but um, yeah, it's it's disappointing on my behalf, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, 68% of your tips in the NFL, not a bad thing at all. Especially this are. season. Yeah, let, let's go to the locks. And Teed brought this up only a few hours ago, but where it took us nine weeks for us to all get one right. Now, I don't know whether that shows the NFL is a product that is a source of confusion or that we just might not know what the fuck we're talking about, but I'm going to go with the first one, Smithy, but we got it done and only one of us really had a had a close finish, that being me, and I had pick one. Well, the, the Jags, Teed's lock, um, we have to announce that because we we didn't have his lock this oh, time yes. last week. Yes. Um, so Teed did lock the Jags. Uh, one, because he has a giant man crush on Trevor Lawrence. Two, because the Raiders genuinely embarrassed him last week and he was out for <laughs> blood. And three, because he has a thing for the Jags. So he did lock the Jags and he locked them successfully despite it not looking good down 17-0 in the second quarter. And we'd gone the early crow, Daz, at about 5.30 <laughs> on a on a Monday morning and just said, oh, Teed's done it again. He's brought another team down. The team yeah. that got shut out with the lock behind him is going to shut out another team that he's locked. So it would have been unbelievable. But uh, we'll probably talk about this game in a bit more detail. But the Jags ended up coming out on top. So not only did he get his first lock right in four weeks, he locked an underdog and he got up. Yeah. So unbelievable form. Might be a formula moving forward. Another poor week for the underdogs as well. Um, just having a look here, something that I'm kind of keeping track of. I'm not putting my money on the line, so how much does it bother? But only 1.43 units down this week. Still above nine units overall. So a unit a week, nine weeks. You take that, most punters lose. So... Still up and about and going beautifully, and I hate to bring this up, Smitty, but we're going to have to talk about the certs. What? And I, can I can uh, I bring something to the table first, just before you go into it? I want to ask you a question. What's that? Before we reveal the results, would you have honestly felt better going zero and five, and all your teams getting smacked? One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. This this weekend has taken a uh, taken years off my life. <laughs> Let's go through it one by one. Hmm. So I had the Packers minus three and a half. Why why did I trust that absolutely shambolic organization? Waste of space. Matt Lafleur should be applying at every McDonald's in the Wisconsin area because that's where he's going to be next year. Absolutely disgraceful effort. 
The Vikings minus three and a half. Oh. And so they attempt a field goal with 30 seconds left. Hmm. There's a penalty. First and goal on the one. They're yeah. down by... It's a tie. It's yeah. a tie. They're down by one. Yeah. Instead of punching the ball in and scoring a touchdown, they drain the clock and kick a field goal to win by three when the line was minus three and a half. And so not only did I... Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> Okay. not only did I not get the pick right, hmm. Colin was on the commanders, but when he did his picks, they'd gone into plus three. So yeah. he got the push on the game and I lost, yeah. despite going against each other in the same game. Yeah. And, <sighs> and not only that, you had spent a good 45 minutes to an hour going, kick the field goal because I'll get the push. <laughs> yeah. We have to go back and read. And I've messaged you going, it's three and a half. And you've gone, this is a 5 a.m. Daz stitch up. And I know where you live and I'll punch fuck out of you, which would have been fair. And then you, I had to screen record last week's show, that little clip, and send it to you. And then I'll be honest, mate, I, I didn't want to reply to you. I just thought yeah. I've, I've broken him. Yeah. But that's not even the worst. And it somehow gets worse. (laughs) Yeah. Um, The Chargers minus three. They won by three. That's a push. I guess this was a decent result because... Wasn't looking good. er, Early on, it wasn't looking good. So for the Chargers to get back and and at least get me the push there, that's good. But this is the game that hurts me. The Bucks and the Rams. I was certain. I was so positively confident that the line for this game was two and a half. And when Tom Brady led them on that 42nd touchdown game winning drive to win by three points, I thought, yes, my fortunes are changing. They have just covered in the most miracle way possible. I'm on the board. And I carried all of this through until about half an hour ago. Yeah, yeah. This isn't like you've you've stewed on this. You've known for the, you've known about this for forty eight minutes. Yeah, it's raw. So when Daz sent me the run sheet, he had me down for one win, two pushes, and two losses. And I looked at it and thought, "Hang on, the Ravens got the job. The Ravens got the job comfortably done today, and the Bucks covered yesterday." I said, "This isn't right, Daz." And he drops the bombshell that it was actually uh, minus three and it's only a push. And it broke me. It did, yeah. It broke me. So somehow, with three pushes, Colin still gets the upper hand on me this weekend. And I'm at my wit's end. Yeah, you're you're in struggle town. I'm still, I'm still not convinced Colin got three pushes here. This might have to be some bad podcasting, but I'm going to double check this because... I've got him down as one, two, and two as well. Oh, no, he did get two pushes. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah. Commanders and uh, Falcons, I think. Falcons, yeah. Yeah, the Falcons plus three, yeah. Yeah. So one, two, and two each. So we said this could be make or break week. It's somehow broken you, and yet you're no further behind than you were last week. Yeah. So overall, you've just had paint. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it was a, it's, it's done absolutely nothing for anybody except. Heap a lot of pain on me. So, uh, yeah, thanks for that. We're we're no closer to knowing who's the better pick, and you've gone great, let's be honest, metaphorically even. Unbelievable. I'm not having fun anymore. No. Uh, TDs and threes now. We had to bounce back because I think it was three weeks ago we went 0-5. And look, it wasn't bad. I think we were actually a stiff on a couple of occasions that we might talk about. But, yeah, Tampa just... Stop. No, not again. Why why do we keep trusting these fucking Bad shit teams? teams? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> they dropped but, uh, four interceptions. They dropped mm. they dropped two of them in six throws. One of them in their own territory. Like yeah, not good. Jalen Hurts, you said, uh, had the rushed in a two point conversion, and I was like, just give it to us. <laughs> it wasn't looking yeah. good that morning. Devontae Adams went nuts, which was good, and Dalvin Cook got himself a touchdown. So we'll take the two and three. Travis Kelsey went over 100 and just couldn't get in the end zone. So, you know, thanks, but no thanks, Uh, Trav. And I think that's all the accountability we've got to do, my friend. So let's get stuck into the games. And considering Big Dazzling won the tips, you wouldn't read about it, let me tell you. He's going to kick things off, and I'm going to kick things off with a 
a result that made everyone in the AFC East uh, smile except the Bills, that being the Jets getting over the line. And we talked about a game, we talked before, sorry, about not knowing um, anything about, I'm still no clearer on if Zach Wilson is good, bad, great, terrible. He just seems to be somehow in the middle, but the Jets got it done. Michael Carter was good. James Robinson got himself free uh, for the passing touchdown, but his first reception, he caught the ball and it was uh, amazing, Smithy. I don't know if you've seen it. He caught the ball and his first step was backwards. And then he's tried to go forward and he was just met by the Bills defender and ended up losing two yards. It was extraordinary. Unbelievable. Um, Yeah, you wouldn't read about it. Garrett Wilson was great and the Bills were not. And there seems to be, I'd love to know your opinion here, there seems to be the rule of thumb that Josh Allen needs more help. He ran in both touchdowns, didn't throw one. Their run game is just non-existent outside of Josh Allen. I'll get the numbers up here. They had 48 rushing yards without him. You know, Stefan Diggs, five catches for 93 yards was, you know, pretty good. But Buffalo at the moment are really reliant on one man. And I don't know what the answer is because there's a there's a theme that they just need a running game. And that seems like the answer from the outside. And they got James Cook. They've still got Singletary there. And they're just not getting any yards after contact. You look at Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks and... He's getting yards after contact. I think he's leading the league in yards after contact. And even those yards would have him top five overall. Um, it's just extraordinary. But the Bills are going no good. And I've got to give credit to Josh Allen. He, he was asked in his presser, um, what do you put this down to? And he said, I'll put it down to a quarterback who played shit. And I respect that. If you can own up to it, whether you think it's right or not. He didn't throw the ball well. And credit to the Jets. Source Gardner's a freak. This dude is just a cornerback on steroids. It looks like, well, not metaphorically, of course. I'm not making any assumptions here. Their offense looked okay-ish. But if they're defending as well as they are, and this is a team that he's playing for each other, Jets fans, I mean, I'm not saying you're going to go to bigger and better places this season. But if you are not enjoying this team, you're not enjoying football. Yeah. It's an easy team to root for. um, The Jets and... Yeah, Josh, Josh Allen's first interception cool. is is a contender. Yeah, it was. I I messaged you guys and I just I I was so shocked. I just put it in caps caps lock and I said, Josh Allen, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Because what was he like? What was he even trying to do on that play? Mm-hmm. It, it just watching it, it was just genuinely confusing. He hurt his elbow on the final drive. Um, after getting knocked on the throwing arm while in the throwing motion. They're slightly worried about it. It's going to be something definitely to monitor during the week with practices, reports, and stuff like that. But if his throwing elbow is affected and he is the thing that is carrying the Bills team to wins... What's going to happen now? They're going to be forced to run the ball. And at this rate, that doesn't look like the greatest idea. So the Bills are going to be a seriously interesting watch. I still don't have faith in Zach Wilson. Yeah, he managed the game pretty well, but he still looks like he's going to make that back-breaking mistake. The, uh, The sack and the fumble where he got caught by Von Miller was really just a lack of awareness and Von Miller made a great play, but those are the sort of things that kill you in big games. And I think he was just lucky that he's got, he's genuinely got a defense that he can rely on to stop the other team. Because yeah, as you mentioned, source Gardner is just unbelievable. Quinn and Williams is having a monster season and the jets are seriously fun to watch. So I'm, I'm happy for him. Yeah. Quarterback rating of 101 for Zach, 72% completion percentage. But he's not throwing the ball all that much. So it's just something to keep an eye on. But full credit to the Jets, man. That's just fantastic. Good on them. And the AFC East, who would have thought? Wide open at this point. And if Josh Allen is hurt, I mean, that is both double doors just swung and it's just run for your lives. So I'm looking forward to seeing what happens there because, well, we've talked about two AFC East teams. Why not one more as Smithy's having a 
coughing fit or a sneezing fit over there. I hope the great man's okay because this could be a genuine gush fest from the both of us for different reasons. I'm still padding because uh, he's half dead, our man. He gets to gush over one quarterback. I get to gush over the other. Not a whole lot of defense played in this game, but the Bears and the Finns put on an offensive show, Smithy. Well and truly worth getting up, as I did, at 4.30 a.m. on Monday to to sit down and watch. But have at it, my friend, if you can. Yeah, one of the, one of the best games of the season so far. It was up and down the field. And as you said, not much defense going on, uh, which has been a theme for the Chicago Bears the last few weeks. But and the they made up. They made up. Yeah, and the Finns. Yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, but they made up for it with fun offense, both teams, and it was just so good to watch. It felt like Scott Hansen was flicking back to this game every two minutes on red zone because something, some big play had happened. But we've got to talk about my man, Justin Fields, guys. Mm-hmm. And there's no been on that for a long time, since before he was drafted. I was lobbying for my Panthers to go get him at pick eight. In 2021, something we didn't do. And people were calling him Bustin' Fields. Everyone was ridiculing him. He broke the NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a regular season game with 178 rushing yards and a touchdown. He was also 17 of 28 for 123 yards and three touchdowns. He ran such an efficient good-looking offense on the weekend. And I feel like I've been saying it constantly the last three or four weeks, but the Chicago Bears coaching staff deserve a hell of a lot of credit for what they're doing because it was obvious when you were watching this game how different this offense is from what it was in week one. They have tinkered. They have changed things. They have grown and developed this offense into something that Justin Fields is comfortable in, something he excels at, and it is working because the last three weeks, they have been absolutely outstanding. Justin Fields deserves a hell of a lot of credit, but the other side of the ball, the Dolphins offense, man, it's so fun to watch. The play calling and the play designing is chef's kiss. Hmm. The amount of wide open receivers that Tua has to throw to is unheard of in the NFL. They somehow seem to scheme a wide receiver open with the click of a finger. It's unbelievable to watch. Jeff Wilson was really good in his first game as a Dolphin. They pretty much threw him the keys to the backfield. He he equaled Raheem Mostert's carries, but he also got involved in the passing game and Jeff Wilson was a lot more effective with his runs than Raheem Mostert. So I can see a world where Wilson takes 75% of the running back volume. Mostert is a genuine change of pace back. But yeah, two really exciting offensive displays. The Finns got up. They'll be happy. They just needed to win this game. It was as simple as that. They need to get their pass rush going now that Bradley Chubb's in the fold. um, And they need to work out how to stop two-way quarterbacks, the scrambling quarterbacks, because Lamar Jackson gave them fits earlier in the year. Josh Allen gave them trouble, and now Justin Fields, they need to sort it out because in the playoffs, it is more than likely they face Lamar or Josh Allen in one of these games, and if they can't stop the scrambling ability, they're going to be in trouble. Or Mahomes as well, who in the last three weeks, I think has had the biggest three-week rushing period of his career, so... I agree with you, mate. I'm only going to do one thing on Justin Fields, and I completely agree with you. Don't jump on the bandwagon now. You've got to be there through the tough times. 98 of his rushing yards were on third down. Every time he ran on third down, he got a first down. Just stop it. Like I I was watching it in 20% anger and 80% awe. It was just unreal. So credit to... Um, Justin Fields. For the Finns, I think you summed it up beautifully. Um, it seems to be something that the defense needs to work on weekly, Like a, uh, and it's a vast gap. So a couple of weeks ago, it was penalties. This week, it's going to be tackling. So since the stat was recorded in 1991, the Finns have had three games in their top 10 of broken tackles. It's not good enough this year. So uh, the Baltimore game, 
uh, was one and the Vikings game was the other. I think they're both at nine and 10 and this Bears game is third. So, and given how bad some Dolphins teams have been, that is a stat that nobody wants. I thought Bradley Chubb was pretty good in his first game. Jalen Phillips, we've had the butt punt and now we've got the gut punt. So it's working out beautifully at Miami at the moment. Um, and Andrew Van Ginkle was able to run it in for the longest blocked punt touchdown in Dolphins history, Smithy, since it was taken part. So beaten there. Michael Vick now loses another quarterback record, of course, with the rushing record before Fields had it. As a Dolphins fan, man, I agree with you. Um, Tua was good. It was the first game that I kind of noticed the underthrows more. And I think it's just because I think the Jalen Waddle one, he was under a bit of quarterback pressure, but it was the fourth and two. And the past two, I think it was Gesicki. That, uh, Durham Smythe. Uh, Durham Smythe, sorry. Just, you know, one big white dude at tight end is the one and the same, surely. Um, that hit him in the shoelaces. And the dude's six foot four. And I just went, oh, okay. We better not lose this now. And then well, luckily we didn't. We ended up getting that stop. But when you're on the road, just got to win. You just yep. got to win. When the Dolphins are on the road, take the points over. That's all I'm telling you. Just go from there. So, good win. We're going pretty well. And if the defense can figure it out, I will go from there. Last thing I'll say, Smitty, Moz of the year. I'm going to put this out there. <clears throat> Moz, Moz of the of year. Me. Yep, absolute Moz of the year. Javon Holland was mic'd up during practice this week and said to Xavier Howard, a $1,000 bet that you will not get an interception this week. And apparently the bet was made. Xavier Howard did get an interception, but it was overturned via a flag. <laughs> <laughs> One of the greatest mozzes I've ever seen. So a bit of banter there from Javon and Xavier, who's only got the one reception on the year. Ooh. But he's um he's still defending quite well. So, you know, let's go to the Jags and the Raiders. And this is me. Oh, my goodness. This was a tale of yelling at a team. For the first part of this game, we were yelling at the Jags going, we knew it. We knew you were frauds. We called it. And then by the end of it, we were going, hey, Vegas, we knew it. We knew you were frauds. This is what's going on. I mean, this loss isn't as bad as last week, but compounded with last week there, Josh McDaniels is not the guy. Sorry. We went Nathaniel Hackett. We went is not the guy. And it's kind of cooled down a little bit. Josh McDaniels is not it, man. Sorry. He's just he's just not. This was bad. They didn't score in the last, I think I've got it here, 38 minutes of game time. And they didn't get within 24 yards of the end zone. Yeah. Just gross. Trevor was good. 25 of 31. You're not going to complain about 235. QBR 109. Again, not going to scoff at those numbers. Travis Etienne was fantastic in this game. And let me tell you, sticking with him in fantasy is just probably the best decision I've made all year. Christian Kirk is still that guy, even though Calvin Ridley's got to come back pretty soon. And for the Raiders, the only man that gets any sort of credit is Devontae Adams. And, uh, I mean, you look at Derek Carr's numbers and they're fine, but this was six of his last eight quarters have been, I don't really want to say it, but disgraceful. They've been bad, man. And mm. I tell you, I'm calling it now. If they somehow figure out a way to lose to the Colts, Josh McDaniels <laughs> is gone. Yeah. And there's some spice but in that, given there's the some Colts coach's spice. comments. Yeah. Serious spice. So, oh, man. If they lose the Colts, you can kiss Josh McDaniels' head coaching career for the rest of his life out. This'll it, be it. Because yep. he's he's been in the job before. He had his time as an OC. He screwed over the Colts, which adds another level of spice to this game. And if, because uh, if they drop to two and seven, losing to the Colts after what's happened to the Colts in the last three weeks, he'll be out the door quicker than you can say his last name. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're really bad. Their defense has been so disappointing, and their offensive line play is horrific. There's no quick fix, I don't think, for this, for the Raiders. There's really not. I don't think it's something that you can tinker with. <sighs> They're just going to have to try and reset. Derek guy, Derek Carr is not the guy to take you to your next Super Bowl. So if there's a team willing to take him on, you do it. That You can't keep 
you can't keep accepting these sort of performances because it's not good enough. I'm happy for the Jags to get the win at home, though. But the Raiders are the story. This is the third game where they've blown a 20-point lead mm-hmm. and lost. Yep. They were up 24 on the Cardinals, 21 on the Chiefs, and 20 on the Jags, and they lost all three games. Yeah. That so- is bad coaching. Yeah, coming into this game, the Jags had trailed by 20 points in a game 117 times and won once. Yeah. It's mm. My goodness. All righty. Lions and the Packers. Now, I'll be honest, Smithy, any impression that I can do in this world is probably going to be perceived as racist. So I'm not going to do that. But I am going to quote uh, a man whose opinion I respect a lot, and it happens to be yours. And uh, you said... Aaron Rodgers has owned this franchise for a decade. I cannot see him losing to the franchise he's beaten up on his entire career. That Worked was a well. true statement. That was a true statement about four days ago. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I got, I got a Yeah, can't lie to you. Up for the last thirty-six hours, you nailed it. <laughs> Bloody hell! Like this is. We spoke about Tom Brady's rock bottom. This is Aaron Rodgers' rock bottom right here, right now. Losing to the Lions in the fashion that they did. He threw – now, this is a stat for you. In the last 20 years, he's the fourth quarterback to throw three or more interceptions inside his team's red zone. Do you want to know who the other quarterbacks are? Please do. Kyle Allen. Ugh. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, Fitzmagic. And Blake Bortles. Oh, God. There's a group you want to be a part of. The fact that we have <laughs> to put Aaron Rodgers in that group now makes me physically sick. And it just shows that he is nowhere near himself. I did say oh, that shout I Shout was... out to Kyle Allen's family right now who just are thinking to themselves, someone's talking about him. Panthers legend Kyle Allen. Let yeah, us do absolutely. A start. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I did tell you that I was going to spend the first 10% of this talking lines. So firstly, well done to you, Daz, who tipped this game really well. Only person who tipped the lines in our group. So uh, good get by you. I thought their defense, it was the best game their defense has played in about 72 years, I reckon. Uh, the rookie Kirby Joseph had two interceptions, was really good. Aiden Hutchinson had an interception. Their defensive line was creating pressure for the first time this season. Their cornerbacks played really well. They had a few key pass breakups. It was really good by their defense. Their offense was still pretty poor, let's be honest. They only put up 16 points, and it was a very sloppy outing. They didn't look like at any stage they really deserved to win the game offensively, but this leads us to the Packers, and this is now five losses in a row for the Green Bay Packers, and it's it's rock bottom for this core group, the Lafleur and Rogers era. It's not good at all. Rogers looks nothing like himself, and the injuries just keep piling up. They've lost Rashawn Gary to a torn ACL. He's arguably their best individual defensive player. Tough loss. Aaron Jones was in a walking boot. He could be out. Romeo Dobbs looks like he's going to be out for four to six weeks. Could go to IR, which is another wide receiver gone. Christian Watson had another concussion, which is really unfortunate news for the rookie. But who have they got to catch passes? Who... Who have they got to block? David Bakhtiari went out with another knee injury. Their offensive line is beat. They've got no good wide receivers. Their defense is reeling at the moment. When is this going to stop? I I cannot tell you when the Packers are going to win another game. This was their best chance, and they blew it. And I tell you what, with every passing day, Matt, Laf- Matt LaFleur goes higher and higher on my personal coach's hot seat. <laughs> Brandon Staley has sat upon it highly and comfortably in the throne since Matt Rule got fired. 
But Matt LaFleur is just working his way up every week because this Packers team is an absolute joke at the moment. And how much longer are they going to accept losing? What They're going to have to figure something out because they signed Rodgers to that massive extension. And at the moment, that is looking like a horrific business decision. We always know that the coach is the first person to go and... Who knows? Who knows what the future holds for this team, but the present says nothing. Mm. So a couple of stats for you here, mate. We're in a bit of a numbers mood tonight. So from 2009 to 2012, Aaron Rodgers led the Packers in rushing yards seven times. It's happened four times since. That's it. And he did it again this week. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me. But... You think of it, a couple, I've got the games up here where he led the rushing yards. So he had 21 against Chicago in 2011 and, you know, Chicago um, and won the game because he was just slinging the ball. They didn't need to run the ball. December 4th, 2011, he had 32 yards against the Giants in a win. And then nearly a year later, he had 66 against the Giants in a playoff game and lost. So what that tells me is that if he's, he doesn't need to be on the move. Like, he look. There have been times, and this year less than all. I'll give you that. Where he looks twenty eight throwing the ball, he looks forty eight running with it, and that's not a bad thing, unless he's leading your team in rushing yards. That's a disaster. But uh, yeah, AJ Dillon been a massive disappointment. He has done yeah. nothing. Mm. He had seven more carries, six less yards. Yeah. My goodness. And it's also only the second time in Rogers' career that he's had the longest rush for the Packers. And he had double AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones' best. It's just, it's a shit show in Green Bay. And what's weird about this game is Jared Goff was not good. He no. was fine. Fine at best. Yeah. And the, I don't, if you, we talk about bingo cards, I should say. Um, yeah. If I said to you, two Lions receivers, we're going to get, Touchdowns. Do you think James Mitchell and Shane Zilstra? Zilstra? Do you reckon you had those two together? In I reckon the I didn't. I didn't even know Shane Zilstra existed. If I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I know his brother Brandon because he was on the Panthers for about six years, but I had no idea about Shane's existence. My goodness. All righty, let's go to the Falcons and the Chargers. Well, Smithy, you wanted it to be a statement. And it, it was a statement. The statement was, we are still no clearer if the Chargers are a good team or not. Um, it's extraordinary how a team with this kind of roster, I guess, I know injuries, but everyone has injuries, comes away. He threw the ball 43 times. He had 30 completions for only the 245 yards. I know it's still eight um, over eight yards a, a throw, a completion, I should say. Jesus, I know how to talk. But it just they just didn't really look dangerous. Josh Palmer. Hands up, man. He was great. He, his yards after the catch were fantastic, but the rest of their offense was just fine. The Falcons got off to a hot start and then did what the Falcons did. They went big periods of this game where they didn't even look like getting anywhere near the goal. And the only thing about this game that I think could possibly make me happy is that the man fully loaded led the game-winning drive, and the only thing that would make Smithy happy is a kicker got the job done late. A kicker named Dicker. So shout out to him, but um, he went through a rough yeah. childhood. I can tell. Yeah, the reach out, reach out, Cam. We can help you. It was a it was a fun game to watch. Um, the Marcus Mariota experience in Atlanta has been entertaining, but there was one play in this game, one play that just highlights why Marcus Mariota cannot be the franchise guy. Late in the game. He had Kyle Pitts wide open, would have walked into the end zone, would have given them a touchdown lead with not long to go, mm. and he overthrew him by about five yards. Yeah, and this, this was is Kyle, down. and this is Kyle Pitts who registered the largest wingspan in NFL Combine history. Mm. So to overthrow that wingspan by five yards is a pretty impressive effort. 
So is, is impressive the right word? <laughs> impressive, impressive in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're looking at it. Yeah, it's kind of like someone missing a two-foot putt in golf. It's kind of like, mate, it's easier. To, it's harder. It's harder, it's harder to, miss, to miss it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's harder to overthrow him by five yards than to actually hit him. So. Yeah, that was a glaring one. This game was summed up with the late play where Austin Eckler fumbled, the Atlanta Falcons recovered it, ran it for 20 yards, and then the guy who recovered the fumble fumbled himself and the Chargers picked it up and that led to the game-winning drive. Neither team deserved to win. Um, Not too sure why he drafted this, but okay. It it was, yeah, look, I was... The, the drafting persona behind it was more kind of like, a, are we still sort of unclear? Look, I was a bit tired, all right, when we drafted these games. I'm not perfect. I, I ripped too much piss during the tipping. But we did have, as we finish this, the first time in NFL history that we had with a team, with teams on by. So it's happened once before with a full schedule. But with teams on by, we had four score lines exactly the same. So we had four games of 20 to 17 uh, some year in the early '80s uh, had a full roster, and they had four games decided with the same the same score. So, seventeen to twenty. There you go. I'm struggling Fun to facts find with dazzling. Yeah, that's it. So let's move on to Smithy's game. And uh, speaking of games, well, I don't know why he drafted it. Uh, the Rams and the Bucks, a game that probably made Smithy want to jump out a window. He's decided to draft, so this could be back to back poor decisions. But run us through it. My last game, and all I wanted to talk about really was the Tom Brady game-winning drive. Could he? Could he be back? No. We have ridiculed him for weeks. We've ridiculed the Bucks for weeks. They win a game. Yeah, I agree with you. He's not back. Um, <laughs> this this game was painful to watch, and I guess I want to point out the genuine decline of both these teams who played in one of the greatest NFC divisional playoff games we are ever likely to see <laughs> less than less than 12 months ago. Yeah. It was one of the best games you will ever watch. And then about 10 months later, they deliver an absolute shit show on Sunday afternoon football. Neither team looks good at the moment. The Rams especially, man, they are hard to watch. They are so hard to watch. They have so many holes. Their offensive line is putrid. Their running game is disgusting. Their defense actually stood up, and Stafford looked a little bit better in this game. But this has got to be season over for the Rams now. I cannot see a way possible that they win more games than the Niners or the Seahawks this year. Correct. I'm with you. 100%. Yeah. They're done. Yep. The only thing saving the Bucks is that the NFC South is an absolute... A garbage fire. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, can I ask you this question? And for those out there that are listening that have supported a team that have gone through this, you might think it's a stupid question, but we haven't. Sorry, that's why I want to ask. Is the Super Bowl worth going through this now i get the feeling that it would be but from an outsider looking in my god it doesn't look it i reckon it would be it would be uh, yeah i know, yeah. I know. I'm sure it I, just i remember if you're a when rams the pan- fan right now you, you can't really because we you know it's so rare that a team goes back to back but from the top of the mountain to not even at base camp like you don't i don't think fans have a lot to rest their laurels on because as soon as the next Super Bowl is won, I think the neutral fan is going to go, oh, well, it's now whoever the next Super Bowl team is, and we move on from there. And it's everyone except the next Super Bowl champion is on a level playing field, it seems. Yeah. Uh, I I can see your point from a neutral, but I know as a fan, I still look back on that. Super Bowl season for the Panthers where yeah. we made the Super Bowl and lost where we went 15-1 and in the regular season won the NFC title game scoring 49 points or whatever it was. I still look back at that season and it gives me fond memories. So even though we didn't even win the Super Bowl so yeah. I can see fans definitely take something like that and run with it because I still go back and watch those 2015 games 
in full and just go on a full nostalgia trip about how good that time was. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I also asked my brother today, how does he feel about the Warriors going no good? And he goes, until they miss the playoffs, if they do, which we don't think they will, then it'll still feel good. So I can understand that. All righty. Last game, Chiefs-Titans. And here's something that's going to confuse, well, no one because we all know the results, but Malik Willis went 5 for 16 for 80 yards and they lost by field goal in overtime. Yeah. What the hell? Has there been a closer game with a bigger quarterback differential in yards? I'm not talking quality. Mahomes went for yeah. 366 more yards. I don't I think I saw something on Twitter. I'm pretty sure it isn't an NFL record, mm. but it's very close to it. Okay. That's extreme. Because yeah, this this game was insane. It was insane. Malik Willis's first pass was for 45 yards. He had 35 after that in four completions. In the last 41 minutes of game time, the Titans had 37 yards of offense. And they nearly won it. If Malik Willis has a wide receiver in a meter and a half of space on third down, I think it was third and 16, and they get the first down, they can still win the game. Meanwhile, he had to scramble. They didn't have anyone open. Okay, the Chiefs defense got it done and they deserve all the credit. But, I mean, good on the Chiefs. Sometimes you just got to win, as our great man Teed would say. I am not leaving that field going, oh, well, that felt good. I would have felt sick. Yeah. Maybe I feel like I've underrated the Titans. And I think a lot of it goes down to coaching their game plan defensively was elite. I know Mahomes put up great numbers, but the way that that Titans defense played was unbelievable. And I never thought I'd say this, Daz, but the Titans need Tannehill. (laughs) Yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? The the Chiefs had 92 offensive plays and scored 20 points. Yeah, that's it's It's one of the worst conversion percentages of all time since the stat was taken. It's top 10. Unheard of. Good on them. Like, this is what's... But, yeah. Yeah, the Titans. Malik Willis, I think the kindest way you can describe him would be raw. Yeah. I mean, hey, we drafted Tua. I am 100% in favor of giving guys time. Yeah. I'm I'm not going to throw the keys in after, you know, once he had two starts. Yeah, two starts now. Yeah. Yeah, no. I'm not, you know. You built the Justin Fields bandwagon. You can't really turn around and say after two starts, he's automatically. Oh, no, definitely not. Did make some really good throws that got dropped. Hmm. Yeah. Projected yards. I think he would have had 119. Yeah. I don't know who comes up with this stat, by the way. He's got the natural talent, but he is not NFL ready. And he's, and he can scramble. Oh yeah, he's got wheels. Yeah, he's got yeah, you know, he's got some wheels. So yeah, give give him some time and yeah, like we said, whatever. I don't like the fact that they're already trying to compare him because as soon as a quarterback can scramble, he's the next Lamar, and I yeah, can hate that. I know you're on board with this too, maybe not as passionately, but I just <laughs> oh, these player comparisons, man, do my head in. I get that you want to do it at draft time, so the more casual of fans can understand. But come on. You can't run three yards and go, this dude is going to be as good as or could be the next MVP winning, you know, guy who could be leading his team to a, an AFC championship game. My goodness. Stop it. Um, Travis Kelsey was that tired. He didn't want to bend below his knees to catch potentially a game winning touchdown. You know what? I don't blame him um, after that. But the Chiefs, yeah, they get out of jail. Somehow. Uh, let's go through the quick fire, mate. The the Texans and the Eagles. This was a really good game for three quarters. And then the Eagles did what good teams do. Put the foot down and the Texans couldn't go with them. Yeah, they just flexed their muscles. The Eagles. Davis Mills made some great throws. He also made some really, really bad ones. Yeah. Um, and the Texans currently sit in the number one slot in the 2023 NFL draft. And with the Browns first round pick as well. Uh, they could come twice. away with 
yeah, they could come over with two franchise cornerstones. So you want to keep seeing good performances like that in losses if you're a Houston Texans fan. <laughs> Honorable losses for sure. Uh, Bengals Panthers. I mean, is this the quickest a game has been over this year? I think so. Yeah. It was utterly embarrassing to watch. Utterly embarrassing. I thought we were over this as an organization. The heartless, soulless, disgraceful losses, the embarrassing losses. I thought we were done with this, with Matt Rule gone, but clearly I was wrong. The Bengals had more points in the first half than the Panthers had offensive yards. Yeah, that's that's not, not good. <laughs> 35 to 0 it was at halftime. The Bengals benched Joe Burrow early in the third quarter. Baker Mayfield came in and Daz, you know how we've spoken about it a few times on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh what passer rating do you would you get if you threw the ball into the ground every no. play? Yeah, you ask me this and I, I think it's about 35.7 or 37.5, yeah. something like that. It's something in the the mid 30s. Yeah. When PJ Walker got benched at halftime, he had a passer rating of 0.0. Oh, oh no. So you're telling me, you're telling me that PJ Walker and I had the same quarterback rating. Yep. Jesus. Three of 10 for nine yards and two interceptions. Oh, fucking hell. Uh, that pretty much sums it up. Baker Mayfield comes in and makes some plays in the second half, but we all know that he's not the guy moving forward. He He's trying to get himself a backup job somewhere next year. It was embarrassing. Joe Mixon had himself a day, which we're going to talk about, but the Bengals bounce back in a big way like we expected them to. They do. I like to throw a Reddit question at you, mate, and I've got the poll here. Uh, will the first three picks in the 2022 NFL draft be quarterbacks? Yes or no? No. No? Okay. Well, 61% of the vote says yes. And that ended yesterday. So, oh boy. There you go. It'll be Stroud, Young, and then Will Anderson Jr. Someone will take Levis mid to late um, single digits. Like 6 to 12? Yeah, 6 to 10. All right. Cool. Patriots, Colts. Um, The only thing I have to say about this game is to whoever started the trend, the Reich is over. Um, please learn about your World War II history because that's pretty damn disrespectful. Uh, but yeah, Frank Reich doesn't have a job. The Patriots were really good, and uh, that's about it. Yeah, the Colts. Um, the Colts have spent the third most amount of money on their offensive line in the NFL. Oh, God. Which you sort of think, oh, yeah, that's... That's a good thing to do. You want to protect your quarterback. You've got to, You've got build to be top from 10 the inside that money out. Though. Yeah. They gave up nine sacks on the weekend. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Josh, Josh Uche and Matt Judon had three each. Juwan Bentley had one. Jeloni Tavai had a half. Raekwon McMillan had one. Dietrich Wise had a half. Yeah, it was brutal, man. Like Sam Allinger didn't complete a pass until late in the second quarter. It, the Colts are an absolute train wreck and probably the most disappointing for me in this season because I thought they were going to run away with the division. Now they're the biggest basket case in the NFL. Yeah, 100% they are. And I mean, I feel bad for Sam because the poor dude's just trying not to die. It's as simple yeah. as like we talked about Joe Burrow went through it a couple of times last year. Like he's just trying to stay alive at this point. And Joe Burrow did an ACL. Oh, Jesus, you owe your quarterback better than that. But, yeah, anyway. Uh, Commanders, Vikings. Vikings nearly Vikinged. They didn't. And they're probably the most disrespected, what, 8-1 and one team in history now or 7-1, and one, whatever they are. Yeah, 7-1. and one, They had the bye. Yeah, 7-1. and one, <sighs> They had the bye. And no one cares. <laughs> yeah, literally no I one cares. I barely do, and I picked them to win the division. I don't care. I could not care any less. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they came out blazing. They scored on the first drive. Justin Jefferson had like five catches on the first drive. And I was like, oh, yeah, the Vikings are in for a huge one. Jettas is going for 200 yards. And Get they the gritty stopped. out. 
They stopped for like three quarters. They did nothing. And then somehow they end up winning and oh, they they piss me off something serious. So here's the two things that I came away from this game and they both happened kind of afterwards is Kirk Cousins was on the Manning cast and he was on the Pat McAfee show and he seems like a genuinely good bloke. So yeah. you don't you don't like criticizing like really good people and you don't make it personal ever to anyone out there like you know they're better than we could ever dream to be you know so we know that coming in. But like the fact that he seems like a decent bloke and the other thing that I came that came out of this that was so funny is the Vikings are not only not bad enough to be disrespected, they're not good enough, even at seven and one, to be talked about like they're a threat. They're still like the fifth favorite to win the NFC, and they've got like the yeah. second best record. The, all of the <laughs> NFC talk is Eagles, San Francisco, Dallas, and that, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. And how that, bad are the Cardinals and the Rams going at the moment and the Packers. Yeah. That's yeah. And the Bucks. It's like, yeah. I like the kid in the back of the class that's getting really good test results, but he doesn't talk that much, so no one really cares. Yeah. Um Cardinal Seahawks. Like uh, people aren't watching the video of this, so they don't really understand. It pained you to pick the Cardinals. I saw it in your face, and all your nightmares came true in this one. And Gino man, <laughs> this is so good. It's I don't I don't know why I did it. I honestly don't know why I did it. I so much regret tipping the Cardinals. They're a joke. The Seahawks keep getting it, getting it done, and they're like the Jets. They're a team that you, I, I tell you what, Daz, I used to hate the Seattle Seahawks because the Panthers and the Seahawks had quite a nice little rivalry going when we were both really good. We played quite a few years in a row in the playoffs, and. I used to watch Prime Russell Wilson run around and it was like you with Justin Fields on the weekend. Every time he needed to make a play, Russell Wilson, he used to do it against the Panthers and it used to, oh, I tell you what. So for a long time, I hated the Seahawks. But this year, I love watching the Seattle Seahawks play. Geno Smith, what a story. K9, Kenneth Walker, he's awesome. DK and Tyler Lockett, their young defense is awesome. Kobe Bryant had a pick that was overturned uh, due to a penalty, but him and Tariq Woolen, they've just got this dynamic going. The pass rush is good. Oh, they're so fun, man. This this draft, seriously, if they at all go anywhere near their projection, this is going to be top. And you could just put your number there and you're probably right. Of all time, what makes me laugh about the Seahawks too is they're they're probably the team that have been incorrectly judged in the draft uh, of all time. Uh, you can go back and watch some clips of like bad takes. Um, Marshawn Lynch, when he arrived at the Seahawks, was called a 50-50 decision. Turned out he was pretty good. And Russell Wilson was graded the worst pick of his draft. So no one can get it right when it comes to the Seahawks. And the Cardinals suck. I don't know if it's Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray, or both, but I have faith in no one in that organization not called DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I think it's King- Cliff Kingsbury. He yeah. didn't have a winning record as a college coach. Yeah. What genius decided to hire him? Steve yeah. Kime. He's a moron. Okay. So no genius would be the answer to that question. And the Ravens and the Saints. I hope you watch this, mate, because I honestly haven't caught a second of it. I've been busy today. I watched maybe 20 minutes of it in my lunch break. Um, So I don't have a lot to add, except the result went exactly how I thought it would. From what I saw, Lamar missed a few throws, but he did enough to get the job done. And if they're winning scrappy, in a 27 to 13 win on the road, that's got to be a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. If you're winning a game and your MVP level quarterback only has 133 yards of passing offense, you got it. All right. You know? Yeah. I don't know if the Ravens are copying any criticism. I know they were sort of throughout the game, but I don't really take that into account because it's just fans live reacting. So you got to go with it there, but yeah. All right, that's quick fire done and dusted. Uh, who's under pressure in week 10? Smithy, it might be easier to make a list of those that aren't. Yeah, I'm going to make this painfully obvious. Mm. Josh McDaniels. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, we could just and fill like, him in until he gets fired. Let's be honest. I'm pretty sure he was my pick last week. Yeah, he was. But the prayer is even higher coming into this week. So he's the obvious pick. Yeah, he is. Um, I'll tell you what, I would give it to the Packers, but they've got the bye next week. So, I mean, they get to escape for a week. I mean, you know who I'm going to put it on? I might make this a bit more whimsical. Uh, The Buffalo Bills Medicos. They're under the pump. They need to get Josh Allen's elbow. What uh, fixed or it, replaced? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever it takes, get him right. Because they, because they, I know they've got a decent backup. Is it Case Keenum at the Bills? Yes. Yeah, I yes. think so. Who, by, who, by the it way, used to has be some Trubisky. of them, Yeah. Who, who, by the way, he have you seen some of his undercover videos? Case Keenum. Oh yes, they're hilarious. Where, yeah, where he just disguised, he disguised himself and tried to sell his own jersey in the Bills shop. It was, yeah. it was great. It was fantastic. Who, again, you know, not the worst, but he's not Josh Allen. So even if you have to snip his elbow off and give it to Josh, whatever it takes, get that done. All right, let's go to the non-QB MVP. Smithy's going to run us through here. We've got a bit of an announcement, and then we're going to head off. So uh, who took the piss, mate? Who wasn't throwing the football? One week, uh, one vote, Justin Houston, who had a massive day today against the Saints. He had two and a half sacks, which you'd agree, Daz. That's a big day for a defensive lineman. Yeah, great day. Big tick. He also had an interception. Oh, yes, please. Unbelievable day. Uh, he was a genuine game wrecker, has been for a very long time, and even in his older years is dominating. Two votes and the only bright spot in Las Vegas at the moment, Devontae Adams, 10 catches for 146 yards and two touchdowns. They finally realized, oh, wait, we have the best wide receiver in the NFL for the last five years. Let's use him. So yeah. great work. <laughs> he yeah, could be well helpful. Done. Yeah. yeah. And that's he fantastic. Was. <laughs> we traded multiple first round picks to get him. He could be okay at football. Yeah. Well done. Good pickup. <laughs> Uh, and the three votes is painfully obvious. This one, it, it's yeah. the, the greatest performance of the NFL season so far by a mile. Joe Mixon, who had 26 total touches, I think it was 22 carries and four catches, yeah, for 211 combined yards and five total touchdowns. Second Just highest the, fantasy game of all time behind Alvin Kamara on Christmas Day two years ago, correct. So ridiculous performance by Joe Mixon made our defense look absolutely silly. Uh, and yeah, it was easily the most obvious three getter we'll probably have this season. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, let's go to the scoreboard. Josh Jacobs. Uh, seriously, the, the Raiders have six total votes in this. There are about 19 franchises that don't have anyone and they're still shit. So figure that out. But Tyreek Hill and Josh Jacobs are on four. Tied on three are a bunch of guys quickly. Justin Jefferson, Jalen Petrie, TJ Hawkinson, Travis Kelsey, who I did pick to get a vote this week. 100 yards tick, just couldn't get in the end zone. Jamar Chase is out for a little bit. Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon and a smattering of players down the bottom there. Last thing from me, mate, before we head off is I know it's unfortunate. Uh, shout out to the great man, Geordie, who was kind of on your back a little bit, mate, before you had to take off to the wedding that we weren't producing the NBA content. And unfortunately, mate, we're not going to be able to continue that for a pure and simple reason. We're too busy. We're, we're sorry, but we can't, we can't, we can't keep devoting five hours to, um, to the pod. We don't want to put anything out that we don't deem is quality researched at first. And it's just, it's gotten too hard, mate. So we're going to go through a bit of a rebranding and, so much so, we finally settled on a name. So whether we go with it in the preview, I'm not 100% sure because our great man behind the scenes, Mitch Allen's going to come up with a swanky new logo for us, which I'm looking forward to. But TDs and threes is no longer, which is a shame, but we still get to talk about NFL football and we get to give ourselves a break over an offseason, which is what we'll need. Yeah, massive name. Um, we did love the NBA content and we still do love the NBA. Um, we talk about it quite often, but uh, yeah, just the, the management and the production behind it wasn't feasible with um, our, our own work life, our own social life. 
And yeah, we had to sort of make the tough decision whether it was the NFL or the NBA. And we are well and truly in love with the NFL, my friends. So it won out and we are looking forward to keeping this train rolling with the NFL content and the rebrand, as you mentioned, which will get rolled out on the preview, hopefully. Exactly. So when we're ready to go, we are going to be presenting. It's still going to be me, still going to be Smitty, still going to be Teed if he ever actually gets back from America. But it looks like we're rolling with the name NFL Down Under. So the NFL Down Under podcast, which is going to be exciting and hopefully uh, will be a way to bring more NFL fans in, whether they're from Australia or not. But it's just to let you know that we're at we're in a big country at the bottom of the world, so far away from the US, it takes bloody 20 hours to fly there, but we bloody love our NFL, mate. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, as much as it's sad that we have to close the chapter on TDs and threes, the NFL Down Under chapter opens, and I can't mm. wait for that. Absolutely. So let's wrap it up, mate, and uh, let's get out of here. Thanks for listening to potentially the last ever episode of TDs and threes as we move forward. I uh, hope you enjoyed. Make sure to uh, follow us and share with a friend, but most importantly, stay safe, everyone.